public companies. Okay. So with public companies, Greenlight Ventures is a public company that I'm working with right now to where I'm doing, I'm just involving my friends, you know, people that I'm involved with, with athletes and entertainers. I know that public companies like to utilize public figures. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite sure that we're all, you know, being from New York City or being from urban areas, we're all proud about coming from poverty, at least knowing somebody that made it. Yeah. And the one thing that we don't do is we don't learn how to utilize the people that made it, bringing them opportunities and things to their table to where we can connect and put ourselves in position for bringing opportunities to their table. So when you hear about Greenlight Ventures and you hear about me being a part of public companies, that's just basically what I'm doing. I didn't want to turn around and say that I knew Cameron and Fat Joe and all of these celebrities my whole life. I'm basically bringing business opportunities to their tables and I'm putting myself in the middle of that, you know, changing my future by doing that. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of like putting myself in a position to be like someone's, not someone, but just being a manager, an agent, the middleman. Mm -hmm. I'm quite sure when you come from the streets, you understand that middleman, you know how you get points. (laughs) I'm doing that middleman thing, but like I said, in the public, public space to where I know that the public figures that I know, I'm just bringing public business to them. And at the end of the day, these public companies are, you know, giving me, you know, stock in their companies. They're giving me, you know, uh, salaries, things of that nature. So I'm helping people, you know what I mean, that I know is already in the public atmosphere, do Mm -hmm. things that I know that they don't mind doing to where it can help change my life. It's things that, you know, like I said, I'm Joakim is a part of Joakim Noah is a part of a million dollar project right now in Cameroon, Africa, where he's from bringing water back to Africa. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Where it takes humidity from the air and turns it into water. And that's all because of me. I'm a part of that with altitude water and green light benches and things of that nature. So I've just learned how to make sure that I show the next generation that I know that we was idolized on basketball and rapping. Yeah. But we all can, we all have access to business. And I want to be able to show kids how to move and do things in business to where like we all can start grasping that, you know what I'm saying? Business, not just being a basketball or a rapper yeah let me um let me let me let me jump in and intro the show y'all got the warm-up right there because the fans was in here early they was in here about 6 45 sending me questions Listen, in. <laughs> so that's what it is that's yeah, what we it's about moving. each one teach one you're ready so uh with that being said what's going on welcome to another live edition of real fans real talk uh we got a very special guest rocking out with us today Told y'all it's going to be a hot summer. Before I introduce our guest, though, let me introduce my co-host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. What's going on, man? What's really good, man? Super excited for today's episode. And I have to say, since we transitioned to this to this format trip, this is a first. <laughs> but I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed, like, we got people in here lining up for questions before the show even started. Normally, they, they let us warm up a little bit with the guests yeah. before they start sending questions. There's about three or four questions already in here for you. That's what's up. That's hot. Facts, facts, facts. So with that being said, we got a we got a legend 
Real um, fan talk. <laughs> <laughs> we got a true legend in the building. He's been on Real Fans Real Talk before. We was on location at Rucker Park, but now we got A Butter in the building. What's going on, man? Salute y'all. Y'all already know Adrian Walton, aka A Butter, aka a whole lot of game, aka a whole lot of names, if you want to say it. But at the end of the day, just call me a winner, man. That's all I ever did my whole life. I was a winner. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me let, let me say this because so what, what happened was, you know, we we had a butter on the show um at the uh when they were honoring you and a couple other people at Rucker Park. So we were trying to find the right time to have you come back onto the show. And then last week, big shout out to Mike Larry, he was on the show, and a couple of the fans in in the chat, they wanted to know about the 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 guy that uh <laughs> that <laughs> shut down that shut down Vince Carter had the world going crazy because he outplayed one of the greatest to ever play in the NBA. And I said, you know what? Now is the perfect time for us to get a butter back on Real Fans Real Talk. And he is officially here. Welcome and uh welcome to everybody that's in the group chat as well. Salute man. 17 years old, you heard like I'm about to turn 42 July 5th. Grateful for that, but at 17 years old, 1999, I'll never forget it. The very next day, I mean, once I played Vince Carter at 17 years old, I'm trying to explain to y'all and give y'all my words. The very next day, my life changed. I never was treated or talked to or responded the same way. Going outside, you know, waking up. It was just that I was a different person and I'm forever for I'm forever grateful for that. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, that I've been a part of in my life. But, you know, playing against Vince Carter, that changed a lot. And like I said, you know, me being a kid from Harlem, growing up in Harlem, being around Cameron, Mace, all these different guys, Dame Dash, all these different guys. It just big L rest in peace. It it gave me a different type of attitude to know that when I'm playing against a celebrity or I'm playing against somebody that got a name to make my name. You know, Cameron, if I'm giving props where props is due, he used to always say to me, if they don't know who you are, they're gonna know who they are. So that was kind of like my attitude. You know, that's my big cousin, that's my family. So at the end of the day, I kind of like took a lot of that attitude and just ran with it. You know what I'm saying? I never allowed, you know what I'm saying? When I'm playing against somebody that had a name, I wanted to make sure that if they knew them, they would know me when the game is over. I'm grateful for that, that, that attitude, that swag, that whole persona, you know what I'm saying? I, that's the one thing that I could give Harlem that Harlem gave me. They made me have an attitude that if they didn't know me, they was just going to know you. So I had to make sure that they knew us. You know well, I mean? it, it worked. I'll definitely say it worked because, again, you talk about something that went down in 99 and we got guys in 2023 wanting to know <laughs> about, the, about, about the, the guy that went off on Vince Carter. So you definitely know A Butter is here. Oh, man. And, 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 and before you ask me real quick, I, I, I know a lot of people talk about playing against basketball players that made it versus the ones that didn't, but I, I, I give Vince's props and I and I respect the people that still keeps this alive because at that time it was like Vince Carter was rookie of the year. So it ain't like, you know, Vince Carter wasn't killing in North Carolina and then didn't yeah. come to the NBA and do what he did. So mm -hmm. as we watching basketball today and we seeing what people doing from college, 
and then we seeing them come to the A and they kind of like do that. I'm just saying for a person to take the time out to come and play in a summer tournament for a young kid at my age to be able to go up against somebody like that to show my talent, for me to have 37 and him to have 32, I'm always giving his props because he won the game, but I outshined him. You know what I'm saying? And and it was a one-on-one thing, right? Yes. It was like I look at it today when you watch basketball, nine times out of ten, you're not getting seven times isolation. Yeah. You might get two or three. But you're not getting those seven times isolation. So I'm grateful for that, that me and Vince went seven times back and forth Mm -hmm. to where I made the seventh shot. He missed the seventh one. So that's why I kind of like won that battle. But I'm going to always give him his props because he won the war. He did win that game by two points. Well, hold on. We got to go back. Like you said, you 17 (laughs) at the time, bro. 17 at the time. Did you understand when you walked off the court that day? Did you understand the severity of that moment? Like, yo, I just gave him 37 out here. I really gave him that work. Like, was it one of them, like, you didn't really think about it until later on? Or in that moment, you realized, like, yo, this is different now. The, the, my life, I, I, I kind of like, I kind of like, like, knew it because at that time, like I said, like, Cam used to take me to like Chicago and I used to play against like R. Kelly and celebrity games and things of that nature. So, it wasn't like I wasn't used to playing against celebrities and basketball players. You know, like I was, damn God brought me to a uh, hum forty fifth and Lennox to where I did and I did commercials with Allen Iverson. Where you know he was training Dewan Wagner at that time. So mm-hmm. for Sham to bring me to to commercial to play against Iverson and him asking who I was, it's things like that that I kind of like knew my talent was ready because. Those guys in the neighborhood that had names and was loved before me, they were kind of like bringing me around certain situations. So I'm always salute them with that stuff. That's how I kind of like knew I was ready. But it's like when I look at playing in that game, like I said, Harlem, and that's why I'm saluting these guys. These guys gave me a different type of attitude that made me feel like I was ready for that. I'm a, I'm a always credit Tony Rosa. You know, Tony Rosa was a coach that, you know, he put a different type of uh, uh, spirit in my heart that made me feel like as long as he had me, he could win a game. And I knew the other guys that he had, like Lamar Jones, Charles Jones, Lenny Cook. He had names and players that, you get what I'm saying? I wasn't ranked in things of that nature like them. I didn't go to high schools like they did. So for him to tell me stuff like that, it gave me, like I said, it gave me a different type of spirit in my heart that, I was wanted. You get what I'm saying? So when I went and played against Vince, that's the attitude that I had. It was like, you, you, you're wanted. So to show, you know what I'm saying? New York city and Harlem that, mm-hmm. Hey, I know y'all know the rookie of the year, but like, I, I'm trying to make sure y'all know, like I'm here now, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, I'm going to always throw that out there. You know what I mean? When I woke up the next day, it was like, yo bro, I'm talking about, I'm a type of person that I live on 138th, 139th and 7th Avenue. If I walk down 139th, I'm seeing Big L, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. If I get to Lenox Avenue, Mace is on Lenox Avenue. If I get to 140th, Cam is on 140th. If I walk two more blocks, um, Dame Dash is on 142nd. So Vado is on 144th. Jay Mills on 144th. You got to understand, like, Heard McGruff, Hum 40. I grew up around mm-hmm. all of these guys, all of these rappers, all of these celebrities that you didn't know at that time was going to be who they are today. But yeah. what I'm saying is this is all right here in my neighborhood. So 
these people kind of like expected that out of you. And you didn't, you felt that when you went around and said, what's up to guys? But it was like, you knew that if you played against somebody, the neighborhood was going to talk. So I just wanted to make sure that I threw that out there, that I'm going to always give Harlem their props because they shaped me to be yeah. this type of player. You know what I'm saying? I got to salute the people that, that, that endured that in me. You know what I'm saying? I got you. We're we, we gonna we're gonna start jumping into the fan mail questions because they're starting to pile up. Well, let's they, do it. Let's so let's let's uh let, let's go back uh to the beginning. We got a question from Ron Ron Charles. Shout out to Ron Ron. Hey butter, who first put the basketball in your hands? Whoo uh first person to put the basketball in my hands, if I'm gonna be honest, I would have to say I didn't start playing basketball until I kind of like went to St. Mark's. Rest in peace, Alexis Smith. St. Mark's on my block between 138th, between Lennox and 5th. That was kind of like the first place that I played. But the first people that kind of like got me introduced to basketball and to be honest, really wanting to play basketball was Tiny Archibald and Donald mm. Bird. You know, they were two coaches at IS 275 on 135th Street between seventh and Lennox and I didn't realize that Tiny Archibald was my gym coach. Wow. And, you know, for somebody to inspire me like that to play basketball and keep trying to tell me to come in the gym and play and stuff like that. And me seeing myself playing seventh and eighth grade the way that they were inspiring me to not go outside and play and run around and play around. They do they wanted me to come in the gym and play. Kind of like now that I look back, that was kind of like my inspiration that I was able to go to IS-275 and have Donald Bird and Tiny Archibald as my gym coaches. And those guys, you know, inspired me to play. And when I really was ready to play, I kind of like being a kid from 138th Street in Harlem, I went down the street to the first, you know, church that, you know, had a team and, Lexus Smith, he was the lemonade man. He was the guy that worked in the wig store on 125th at that time. You know what I'm saying? He was the guy that, you know, kept me in the gym and, you know, made me a gym rat. So I'm going to always give props to Lexus Smith. I'm going to always give props to Tiny Archibald. And I'm going to always give props to Donald Bird. Those were the guys that started me off with basketball. When you say Tiny Archibald, because I just want to be clear, we're talking about Nate, Tiny yo look and 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 as clear as you can be i would love for you to be that clear because i was shocked now that i'm older i would have never known that this legend you know why would this guy that's from the bronx choose a harlem school to go to and not want to be known and he's not in this school you know, letting us know who he is, et cetera. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. now that I'm older, you know, for him to me to be able to call him and to know that that's what he was doing, and I didn't get it. I didn't know. But now that I look back and see, man, you was, you was, hey, don't go out there. Come here, come here, come here, come here. And I was wondering why he was doing stuff like that. And it was like, yeah, you don't think you can shoot from there? You don't think you can shoot from there? Yo, keep shooting that. I bet you. And it's like little things like that. When you see that now and you remember it, it's like, hey, man, this thing, I'm older. I'm just being honest. This nigga was gassing me to come in the gym to get me to be a basketball player so that he could put me on a little bit of skills that, and knowledge that he knew as a player. Yeah. And it's so funny that he didn't have to use who he was. 
Yeah. Wow. Like he didn't have to say he was somebody I'm to NBA, get me. You know, all of, you know. And, and 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 that's what I'm saying. That 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 inspired me so much. Now that I'm older, like I don't really. I'm not big on running around anymore and explaining to kids who I am. You get what I'm saying? And talking to kids about who I am. I never really like. Yo, I'm a legend, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I just try to talk to kid and let him know, like, I, this is what I see in you. And, you know, this is what I would want you to try to look at. Because, man, sometimes kids today, the best advice that I could give them is you don't really know when you're in the moment. Yeah. So it's like when you're in the moment, you don't you don't see it. You don't really know. And it's like you don't you don't really ex- understand it until you out of it. You get what I'm saying? So. I try to like inspire kids to make sure that, you know, embrace the moment. Like, don't think that at a time, you know, when people say like, yo, you spoil, guess what? Spoiled people are love for a reason. Yeah. So watch how people make you feel when they hit you with that spoiled stuff. <laughs> gotcha. I got you. Pooh, don't worry. We're going to get to all of the, all of the fair questions. Don't worry. Let's do it. I'm we here with you. y'all. I'm here. I'm not going nowhere. I'm here. I made sure that I... Took they wanted me in tri-state or watching these games. They wanted me. Hey, listen, I'm busy. Uh, seven. They, I'm busy. Appreciate there you, man. There we go. We locked in. We locked in. Uh okay, tribute. Can you see the question there? Uh, you see it there? Right. AAU wise, what the teams did you play for coming up? And did you win some championships in AAU? No offense. You still handsome. I appreciate you. Thank you. My mother and father did a very good job. I appreciate you. You heard a lot of people told me that. I'm I'm about to turn 42. You get what I'm saying? And they told me I still look like I'm 17, 18 years old. So I'ma always appreciate the handsome questions. No offense, fellas, on this, on this, on this call, but I'm Don't always going I'm this always how, gonna dig into those. Yeah, this is how it happens when we live. This is how it happens when we live. I'm always gonna dig into those, but AAU, I'm, I'm just like, glad you read the question. AAU, real talk. I, I played, like I said, I played for St. Monks, Kev, Kev, Kev Williams, Coach Kev, Coach Turtle. Those were my coaches. You know, Lexus, those were my coaches. Those were the guys that started me off. And next thing I know, you know, I played for a couple of other teams, you know what I'm saying? A couple of other players, but, you know, Mr. Loich and Gauchos were like, Gauchos and Riverside Church were like the teams that you wanted to play for. Those were the traveling teams. Those were the AAU teams. So I got a chance, you know, from playing with Gauchos to being able to play with Riverside. And once I got on Riverside, I won a lot of championships. You know what I'm saying? I won a lot of championships even playing with Gauchos. You know, Paul Brown, you know, Dave McCollins was my coach then. Coach Stern was um, my coach over there at uh, Gaucho um, Riverside when I was there. So I got a chance to, like, play with a lot of coaches. You know what I'm saying? Paul Suber. These guys, they helped me, you know, put myself in a place where, like I said, I was a public school kid and I graduated from alternative school. I went to graphic arts and I graduated from Bronx Region. But my era growing up, if I'm being honest, you wanted to go to right. You wanted to go to Christ the King. So Omar Cook, Kenny Satterfield, Andre Barrett, those were the men. Those were the people, Talik Brown, those were the guys that, you know, you really wanted to be able to match up against and play against to be able to, like, to me in New York City, put yourself in that ranking to feel like you were, 
you know, top tier. Why? Because those guys played on Riverside and Gauchos and was able to travel this, the world, this, the city, I mean, the, the country, to be able to show, like, against other talent that they were real. So when I was able to match up against those guys and be able to do the things that I was able to do to them in Portsmouth, Ross Strickland Tournament, you know, Riverbank State Park, uh, City College. When I got that opportunity, that's when I knew that I was on that level, ISA, when I'm MVP and all of that. So things of that nature let me know that I was ready. And once I got a chance to get with Gauchos and Riverside, Man, it, it, that's what took me off to another level because then I went to Milford Academy and Milford Academy is a prep school. And once you get in a prep school and you start getting those other looks, going able to play against, you know, um, Lauren Berg and Oak Hill, I was able to play against those guys at that time to where I was able to get the college looks, the real college, you know, looks and that helped me playing for St. Mark's. I went and got those, those, those letters from those schools. Riverside and Gauchos was the AAUs that you had to play with to be able to get those kind of looks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A USC and schools from over there. If you stay over here, you getting Walmart and no disrespect to these schools. You getting, you know what I'm saying? You get some. No, like, like I said, you know, you're not getting a major look though. You're not getting a major. You're getting a low, you're getting a low D one, but you're not getting a major. And that's what I'm saying. When you travel with those, so you know, my not to go off subject, but my my best advice now, like I I was just talking to a dad today, you know, of Marquise Noel. I was telling him if it's one thing that I could tell the next generation, remember the coach that was helping you when you was coming up when you make it. There's a lot of Tony Roses and people in our neighborhood that never went to the players that wind up making it and asked them to come back and fund their program. I'm looking for the guys now. When you make it, don't forget these programs that's not funded where you can help to where you can help the next generation that grew up where you came from to be able to make it. That's what we need. We need a lot of guys to come back and help these coaches, you know what I'm saying, with these AAU programs. Because, like I said, it's, it's about helping the next generation. It's about helping the next kid be able to have that opportunity. And that's the only thing that I can ask for the next generation. Don't don't forget the coach that never came to you and asked you for anything. He just wanted to make sure that you had an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Uh, I, like, I like this go question. Go ahead, you take it. Yeah, I like this question because I, I this is going in the direction I was gonna ask you as well. But uh Dion don't Lewis, ask me this because it's yes to both of these, but go ahead. So now well this question because I'm gonna get into it. This is gonna get crazy. Go ahead. Let's, no, hold on, let's get into it. And you mentioned somebody earlier who I'm very interested in and in, in hearing more about. You slightly older than Lenny Cook. So yeah, I want to know any any potential matchups that you guys had, or you know, when y'all I brought, I brought Lenny Cook the record. I brought Ooh, Lenny Cook to, to Rucker let's Park. To you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the one thing that I can say. Lenny would tell everybody that I brought Lenny Cook to Rucker Park. But Lenny Cook is like two years younger than me. I, I'll be 42 if I'm not mistaken. Lenny Cook is 39, maybe just turned 40. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, Lenny, what I saw in Lenny, like I said, I was a little bit older, but I didn't have that ranking. Lenny was somehow, some way with Wolfpack and being around the lady Debbie at that time, he kind of like was playing his spaces, you know what I'm saying? Especially with these, like this question that's being asked, 
Lenny got an opportunity to play in these camps to where he was able to get in these rankings. Why? Because Lenny wasn't really participating like he should have in these schools. You get what I'm saying? So camps and things of that nature kind of like helped a lot of us when it came to rankings and things of that nature. So me, I got an opportunity to go to Nike camp. You know what I mean? Me, the Nike camp when there was a kid at that time by the name of Carlos Hurt. He was like a guy from Houston, if I'm not mistaken, left-handed. He was type nice. He was like the man. I went to Nike camp when Amari Stoudemire was there. Mm. But the, the number one player when I went there and was the man, and this is what I caught on to, this taught me a lot, Dewan Wagner. Dewan Wagner was like the number one player in the country. Now, and mind you, I'm playing. Son is like one of the best right now. Exactly. Um, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dewan Wagner was super nice. Super nice. You got to think about this, right? Yeah, but super nice. This will, this will mess me up because, look, I was looking for these opportunities because I knew what I was capable of doing at Rutgers. So being where I was at a Nike camp, these people knew who I was. Mm. So I couldn't wait to, like, you know, being honest, see these guys that everybody's calling, like, they ranking these guys. I couldn't wait to play against them. And this was my opportunity. You get what I'm saying? This kid didn't have to come until Sunday. These You got to understand, this camp is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you the man, nigga, you don't come until Sunday. All right? This is one thing that I learned, and I'm giving y'all a story. So it's like me never really getting a chance to play against the Juan Wagner or whatever the case may be because this kid gets to just come and play in the All-Star game. It don't matter who gets the P because, like I said, due to politics, this is who they looking at. So my politics, if I'm going to be honest, was Rucker. And that's where Five Star comes in for me. Rest in peace, Howard Garfinkel. Everybody that was in my class, J.J. Reddick, all of these guys, they all know this. You know what I mean? That 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 bus used to meet at uh, Port Authority. When I played in Rucker and I did what I did against Vince Carter, that year right there to go to Five Star, Howard Garfinkel held that bus for three hours for me to come to the bus stop, the bus terminal. I never showed up. I had hickeys on my neck. I came on Sunday, nigga, told him I got robbed. They stole my jury. Oh, man. But that was my story. But guess what? He didn't care because he had a whole lot of game playing in the All-Star game on Sunday. You see what I'm saying? At five-star. And J.J. Reddick and all of those guys, rest in peace, Eddie Griffin, they all know. I'm telling you, look, you got to hear when you ask this class, look, Satterfield, all of them know this. Adrian killed all of them. Mm. Talk, talk that talk. Come on, come on. Nah, they ain't call me a whole lot of game for no reason, bro. Like, I don't never really try to like slay these guys, but now that I'm a little older and I get to talk about this stuff, like Kenny Satterfield, Andre Barrett, all of these guys was the mm-hmm. guys. So when I got a chance to play against them in Rucker, I got a chance to play against them in tournaments. I wanted to show them that at the end of the day, they wasn't on my level neither. You get what I'm trying to say? I respect all of them for going where they went. But at the end of the day, these guys know when they got a chance to play against me when I was. And you got to understand, this is why I talk to people like this. I don't knock people that did their thing at 14, 15, 16. I, I, I really didn't start playing basketball until I was 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys started playing basketball and Mark Carmel and all of that stuff. A lot of guys were playing with Gauchos at eight years old, seven years old. 
I'm be honest. If you can ask me, if you want to call me a late bloomer, call me a late bloomer. Guess what? When you became a grown man at 17, you had that grown man strength. I'm talking about that grown man strength. You know those stories you hear when you asking ball players why they stop playing basketball? Yeah. A lot of them will tell you that they started hustling or getting money or doing something. But I hope you know when guys wasn't as strong as they used to be and now that they see they can't do what they want against other men. So just remember, look, when I was 17 and I played against Vince Carter, Kareem Reed and Shamgar, they're mm. three, four years older than me. They were 21, bro. All right, I was 17. So when I turned 18, these guys were 22. When I turned 21, they were 24, 25. I was killing grown-ass men when I was young. This is, why, this is why they called me a whole lot of game. They can say what they want, and guess what? I, I got the footage. That's yeah, the one you, thing you, they can't take a lot, of, a lot of other legends, too. I'm, I'm, I'm name-dropping. You know why? <laughs> because they know, and they can't never say, like, yo, nah, you shouldn't have put my name in that. And no, 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 no. They know. The real, the respect is real. Like they became legends. They did what they did when they did. Cincinnati, Kenny Sapp made it to Denver. Andre Barrett played on maybe thirteen different NBA teams. Yeah. See, this the one thing that I know. I'ma always give props where props is due. But you know the one reason why I'm a legend because even those guys still pay homage where they know real, recognize real. We always start sneakers up. And when you finally did put the work in to become nice, you deserve that. And that's why I'm always, you know, pay homage where I pay homage because I know when it came to Five Star and Nike Camp, if you didn't go to those places and you ain't do your thing there, you can't be claiming all that you be claiming, bro. It's guys that they ranked and these guys did it and those was the places you were supposed to do it. You get what I'm saying? Like the real ball players know if you ain't got those on your resume, oh, we got we to gotta watch who we talking to here. <laughs> right. Let's get to another question because this is uh, somebody that you mentioned uh, when, when you spoke with Eric when we were at Rucker. Uh, shout out to Dan Dan. He says, Stefan Marbury, was he an inspiration growing up? Uh, I don't know the age difference with y'all. Do you feel he should be in the Naismith Hall of Fame? Automatically. And when I say automatically, I say this to say, Stefan Marbury used to come pick me up in a silver Bentley and bring me home in a blue Ferrari. I, I I I played for Tony Rosa, and as soon as I beat Fat Joe in double overtime in Rucker, Fat Joe right after that game kidnapped me. This is a story. People and people on my team know this. He kidnapped me. Me and Tony Rosa talked about it. He said, Adrian, at that time, you got a child. If Fat Joe is going to be there for you and really, really look out for you, you can go. And I, that's why today, to this day, I love Tony Rosa because – he opened up a door for me. You know what I'm saying? Like to get your coach's wishes after you just won the championship with him to mm -hmm. be able to go and play with someone else. That, that was hard for me. But being that he gave me that opportunity, Fat Joe embraced me. And Fat Joe had Stephon Marbury taking me to the New Jersey Nets. He was with the New Jersey Nets at that time. Uh, Lawrence Frank, he was the third assistant coach. That was the guy that used to coach for the Toronto Raptors. Me and Steph used to play one-on-one -on -one in front of him. He used to roll the ball to half court and make me and Steph run from the baseline and go get the ball playing one-on-one. -on -one. Lawrence Frank used to ask him, who's this kid? I used to kill Steph. 
He said, yo, who is this? Yo, bro, I'm not making this up. This is at that young age, bro, when they called me a whole lot of game. It's they, like, they didn't give you no nickname like that for no reason back then. I, I get it. They're giving these nicknames out today. Yeah, I'm not, telling you. Not my everybody name, got a nickname. Everybody my name a really nickname. fits me, bro. And I'm just saying that at the end of the day, what I was doing to him, he was asking stuff. Yo, bro, who's this kid? Nah, you can't talk to him. He's in high school. I was in Milford at that time. But Steph used to come and pick me up when I used to date a girl back then at that time. He used to come pick me up from Uptown, 151st, 152nd, and a silver Bentley. Think about the neighborhood that knew I was up there and around here. And then he'll bring me back after we go work out in a blue Ferrari. When I used to go to this nigga house in Jersey, this nigga had, yo, you know how you look at the 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 the, the cars that 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 loads the cars on on a, yeah. on a highway when you put mad different car. He had that shit in his garage, like he had mad different cars loaded up like that, like on top of each other, like you see in a parking lot. He had that shit in his garage, bro. So I'ma always give Steph his props because if it was one thing that I could say that. He didn't shy away from trying to put me on to how to play ball. Now, I'm not, like I said, I'll take it that I was killing him at that age. I don't know if Steph probably was taking it easy or whatever, but yeah. in my heart, I felt like I had to go as someone that I knew. I was watching on TV. I was looking at in real life from high school, what he did to college, to what he did to the NBA. Mm -hmm. And now I get an opportunity to be next to somebody like this that don't mind coming to pick me up. Salute the Fat Joe. It was like, you know, I really want this kid on my team and I really like him. And he made, I'm not saying made, but he kind of like made Steph feel like put him under the wing. Yeah, And that, that right there, I can say like he helped me I'm going to always give Stephon Marbury, Kareem Reed, and Lamont Jones the most props ever because those guys showed me what it was to win. Yeah. Shout out shout out to Stephon Marbury, too, because, you know, you're right. From what he did from going from high school and on having a great career in the NBA and then to still go overseas to, to China and, and basically kind of become the Michael Jordan <laughs> over over there. Uh, we we don't we don't even really want to we don't we don't want to get outside of basketball and what we're talking about but think about it. I mean we all grown and you know everybody don't understand politics but I'm quite sure that you know that America, Russia and China is kind of like the superpowers. They're not always at odds. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Do you realize that China is allowing this man to have a statue in their country? That An man. American has a statue in China. Yes. So I'm just saying, like, I just not saying that America is that influenced, but you got to understand who he is yes. and what he might have brought and how he is over there. And that's what I'm going to always salute that I respect that he kind of like gave me as a person being around him that. You can always be a leader whether anyone else sees you as that. Thank you, Steph. I'm always give him that. Thank you. You, you we got to salute Steph because he, he, had to, he had to carry a certain burden at that time as well. The pressure that was on him was crazy, um, mm. you know, coming out of New York and going to Georgia Tech. And he will be in the Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. It has to be. Tom Hill's all wounds, y'all. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned Fat Joe. Um, big shout out to Fat Joe. Um, he speaks very highly of you as well. 
Um, not too long ago, he was he was speaking about you. Um, but yeah, very very highly. Talk so go a little bit further into your relationship with Fat Joe. Yeah, I changed his life. You know, Joe, I love Joe. I'm always say that right off the top. <laughs> I changed his life. You know what I'm saying? Because as much as he wanted to win Rucker, as much as he loved Rucker. I'm not saying that I was the reason why he won Rucker, but until I played on that team, he didn't win. Mm. And I can say that I won a championship before Fat Joe. I played with Tony Rosa and won, and then I went with Fat Joe and won three in a row. So I kind of like won four years in a row. You understand what I'm so saying? So you were Steph and then Fat Joe was like KD because you had the ring first, then KD came over. Exactly. So you gotta you gotta beat the competition. You get what I'm saying? And I'm not like I said, I know that Joe knew what the competition was. Like he had Stephon Marbury, he had Showtime, he had, you know, uh Kerry Thompson. This he was at Florida State killing. These are guys that I watched on TV doing what they were doing before I got a chance to play against them, bro. So don't act like I wasn't watching the shit on TV before I got a chance to go out there and play in the game against them. These guys had names, you get what I'm saying? And they were playing on a national level, you know what I mean? So for me to be able to go out there and show my talent, you know what I mean, and do what I did against them, to me, I'm going to always be proud of that because it's like that made Joe realize that this kid – how do I, I this is the best way that I can say you my relationship with Fat Joe? Fat Joe loves Stephon Marbury, Mousy loved Kareem Reed. I kind of like was stuck in the middle of that because I know that Joe loved me, but he had a relationship already with Stephon Marbury, so I couldn't knock that. So I kind of like had to accept like that middle man that 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 maybe they'll do the three guard rotation, but then I really had to accept coming behind these two guys because, like I said. I'm not going to never knock what I know Kareem Reed did, you know what I'm saying, whether it was street ball or in college. He's nice. I'm not going to knock what, what, what Steph did in college or the NBA or street ball. He's nice. But they fucked me up when they tried to, like, put me behind Zach Marbury. I don't give a fuck if that's his brother, nigga. Like, nah, y'all niggas are bugging. We're not doing that. We had, to have, we had to have a team meeting after every game. I don't give a fuck if we won by 30. These niggas is bugging. We're not doing that. We not. You didn't bring me over here, and I'm not taking no money just to take no money and to accept this. Why? Because, like, I'm from Harlem, y'all, and my hood is not going to look at me the same way you get what I'm trying to say? I got to hear this shit every day. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I respect Fat Joe because Fat Joe has always looked at that and said, you know what? I see it's always been about you. Like you like you want to win, but you you still look at you. And and that's always been my attitude. Like I've been I grew up with rappers to where they mm-hmm. made me feel like if you look at them, it's about them, bro. It's they not selfish, but they were taught to think about themselves. Absolutely. You get what I'm trying to say? And I'm just being honest with you. That's kind of hard when you're playing basketball because that's a team sport. And I think that's where I kind of got lost with a lot of my players, my teammates, because they thought that I was moving in a way where I was just thinking about me, you know, my nickname, Hollywood and shit like that. But yeah. I wanted to win. So the real ball players knew that and they fed off of that. And you you get what I'm saying? But the other guys, it was like, it's hard to really work with that when it's like, bruh. Because it's a team sport. Name. 
Yeah, it's a team sports nigga talking about Hollywood. Like, yeah. no, you know, it's, it's true because you really took the rapper's mentality. Because I remember once uh, seeing an interview with Fifty, and he was like, uh, "You know, show me a rapper who don't think he's number one, and I bet you he not signed." So yeah, you know, that's the that, truth, and that's the, the mentality truth. that you took. So Ali Mo threw that out there. Rest in peace to Ali Mo. Ali Mo said, "You know, if you if you don't think you the shit, no one else will." Yeah, and that's what I grew up like. He's before me, so. It's like mm-hmm. if my neighborhood showed me that's how they loved him, you got to understand as a basketball player, I want that love too, but I'm not going to hate on him to get that love. So I got to move and act like that as well. And that's the great thing that why I always praise Harlem because it's like in Harlem, they make you feel like you got to be on your, you got to be on your shit. If you're not on your shit, then you slacking and you can't get mad that people will throw it in your face that you slacking. Yeah, absolutely. Because we all here trying to show you we on our shit. Whether we on our shit or not, I'm just telling you that's the mentality. <laughs> and I don't knock that because, yeah. you know, it, it, it motivates you. And I think that that's what Fat Joe kind of like loved the most about me, that I was a kid that, that just was so much about myself that he wanted to utilize that to win. And like yeah. I said, it, look what it got for him. You know what I'm saying? He put me on the team. He won three in a row, bro. So let me let me let me ask you this. Um, because now we're talking about I guess the the really the golden era of Rucker Park basketball with, with those championships. How can we get Rucker Park back to that point? You won't. Everything mm. has its its moments. You get what I'm trying to say? And um, how do I say it? If you're really looking at this generation, and no disrespect, but this generation don't care about history because they're making their own history. Mm. And you got to understand, due to technology, they didn't grow up with big back TVs after 2000. They grew up, you know, you had to remember me. I had to remember, you know, what we had to learn in school. They could push the button and get the answer. Yeah. So I'm trying to explain to you, they're not they're not being rude about they don't care about history. They're trying to make their own history due to technology, due to the smartphone. You get what I'm trying to say? So we have to, being older, we have to adjust to that and realize that with the next generation. You, you get what I'm trying to say? A lot of us don't yeah. really want to understand that. And we really, really have to come to grips with they they are very, very savvy in what they're doing. We we think that we can sit here and talk to the next generation and utilize use our uh how do you say it, downfalls to make them feel like that's not the mistakes that they need to make. Yeah. I, I hope you guys understand that's not motivation to the next generation. They do they do not feel inspired off of hearing your downfall. They don't get inspired off of that, bro. They're looking on this phone at too much that's motivating them before you think you can go and be a motivational speaker telling them about that bullshit that didn't work for you. So I mean, people asking me, yo, hey, why are you not going to talk to the kids? I'd rather preach and teach my own kids before I go and talk to yours, bro. You, you get what I'm trying to say? This right here yeah. is where I come and talk to let people know that at the end of the day, if we trying to help the next generation, we got to be able to look at, yo, listen, love. Yeah. That's the number, like, think about what I'm saying to y'all. The number one thing right now, these kids, I could have never fathomed this, bro. 
I could have never fathom suicide just because I didn't do something right. Yeah. Like, think about this. They, they, that is the number one thing right now for young kids. They will kill themselves if they, and you telling me that mm -hmm. we are beating, we are pounding on them for not doing something right? Yeah. yeah. I hope you understand why the country is telling you you can't beat on your kids no more. Yes, definitely we, a different time. It's love, bro. You know what I'm saying? So I don't I'm not really trying to change the conversation, but where I met with my whole my whole thing about, you know, just doing interviews and talking and stuff is that I want to make sure that I help the next generation understand and even people that's doing these type of, you know, platforms, we gotta love, bro. Like love is the key. Like I know that we wanna help, but if you're not helping people by loving people. Yeah, it it ain't it ain't changing nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's a fact. Mm -hmm. We got a, we got another good question here, and and to the supporters, man, bear with us. It's a lot of questions coming in, man. So we're trying to get all the questions mm -hmm. You see that uh, way? Teresa Weatherspoon talk about when you first met her and how great a person she is. Let's not forget Hall of Famer Pelicans fucked up letting her go. Sorry, real fans, real talk. Tagged over a hundred hoopers for this show. It's too many questions. It's my fault. So, hey, hey, hoop ball the scoop, bro. Appreciate you, man. You definitely appreciate it. Hey, hey, Teresa Weatherspoon is a big part of my life, man. You know, my godfather, my my grandfather, excuse me. He was the person that started. His name is Mr. Nixon. He was the person that started and opened up Riverbank. I kind of like don't talk to people about this because I don't like people to be in my business and know too much. But my grandfather opened up Riverbank State Park. So mm. at the end of the day, Teresa Weatherspoon basically was one of the first people up there. And she challenged me. You know, Ther I didn't know who Teresa Weatherspoon was at that time, but she challenged me. Long story short, when I was 12, 13 years old seeing me. Teresa Weatherspoon couldn't believe that I was the kid that they was talking about at 17, 18 years old at Rucker Park called A Butter. Whole lot mm -hmm. of game. So to know that someone at that age was challenging me, saying that, you know, that I was a kid that had a lot of energy and was had an attitude, but if you knew how to shift it because I wanted to succeed, but I just didn't have structure. Mm -hmm. Some people can see that that really has leadership. And that's why I love Teresa Weatherspoon and I'm grateful and so happy that she's in my life. And I'm even proud about where she's at, you know what I'm saying, in the world today for the people to see, and especially in a man's dominant industry. You know what I mean? Like her, her, her spirit and her attitude when it comes to inspiring people and getting the best out of them. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying to you that she's the embodiment of love. She doesn't she doesn't make the next generation feel like, hey, you you know, you could have did this better or you no, she makes them see how they can be better. Like that's the key, y'all. Like we 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 are in control of that. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like a lot of us are leaders, but we're not looking at how we're leading with love. We're leading with power. Some of us got to shift that power and learn how to turn that power into love. Stop telling people what to do and be a leader of example with love to get people to do it. And that's why I'm going to always praise and be happy that people ask questions about people like this in my life because they helped me change. It was hard for me being a kid from poverty, bro. 
growing up with rappers, thinking about myself, not realizing that kids and my kids and people are looking at me and my whole character was about money. Do you understand? Coming from poverty, bro, bro yeah. like money, like you have to make it. You have to pay bills, bro. You, you, money matters. You get what I'm saying? But guess what? The love for money is the root of all evil. No, no, not the root of all evil is money. The love for money is the root of all evil. Make sure you get that. The love for it, meaning you shouldn't love money so much. Yeah. You, you get what I'm trying to say? And the way, the things that we would do because of how much we love money, you, 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 it, we, we will get out of character for that. We will sell our yep. soul. Absolutely. And I'm grateful, you know, not to get off such, but I'm grateful for people like Teresa Weatherspoon that showed me that to change that. I missed so many opportunities playing street ball because I wouldn't go and play nowhere unless I got paid, y'all. Do you understand that? How many opportunities I miss? Like, I'm older now, so this is what I'm trying to give back to the next generation if I'm going to talk to them. Like, yeah. yo, bro, you, you don't realize the things that you could have made happen for you, but you didn't do it because, what, you didn't get paid? Or you're not getting paid? And it's like, you don't even see what the opportunity could do and the doors that it could open or the spaces that you could get in. And it's like, yo, bro, I'm getting ready to go speak in Schaumburg, the Schaumburg Center. I live in Harlem. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go speak in the Schaumburg Center for Mocha Fire. That's epic. <laughs> Talking that's about epic. business. You yeah. get what I'm saying? And I'm a street ball. Dude, like, what the fuck do they know me for? Like, street ball. You know what they want to know? How yeah. the hell did you become a director in a public company? Because most people in the street in poverty, they don't know what a public company is. They don't know yeah. it. And why? Only 8% of African-Americans is in the stock market. We don't. We're not educated on mm -hmm. none of that. And that's why I praise EYL. I praise Earn Your Leisure. I praise Rashad Bilal. Those guys that's teaching the next generation about financial mm -hmm. literacy. You understand what I'm saying? We all could do a podcast. We all could have a platform. But if you're not learning how to educate the next generation to make sure that they understand how to learn how to build off of things to eventually turn into a profit, yeah. what are we doing it for? Yeah. Uh, and and, and for, for, for those of you people, you know, guys that are in the New York City area, when you're talking about the Schomburg, that's a very big deal. That is a very big deal, uh, being able to go over there and speak. Um, I, I want to shout out Teresa uh, Weatherspoon as well. If you guys haven't already, that's another one in the archives. I can go back. We we, we had uh, Teresa Weatherspoon on the show in the past as well. We got her at Rucker Park uh, too. So big shout, right. out to, big shout out to her. And, and we're talking so about one of the best female, best ballers, period, <laughs> with, with, with her career and what, what she was Man. able to accomplish, the Olympics and the WNBA, and now coaching – Big, big shout out, shout out to her. And I got three daughters, y'all. This is what I'm talking about. She's part of the New Orleans Pelicans as the assistant coach. And Swing Cash is the general manager. Like, you got to understand what these women is doing and how they inspiration. Like, Swing Cash is married to my teammate, Steve Canal, that I went to Fordham University with, bro. Like, that's how small the world can be. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, it can be that small. So imagine how those two ladies speak of me being around. Like, look at all of those parties that you get what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So 
it's, I'm just grateful for all that because you got to understand, being that I'm talking to y'all about business, it's easy for me to get in contact with Ingram. It's easy for me to get in contact with Zion. It's easy for me to bring business to their table that can help Teresa Weatherspoon turn her life around because look at the type of business that Adrian brought to the table just by being friends. You, that's all I'm saying. That's that's how business works. Yeah. I want to pass that on to the next generation when you're proud about name dropping and throwing people's name out there. I'm grateful that I know these people and they know me. But like I said, I know people that got that. that how do you say this? And just to throw this out there real quick. I know people that got tables that, that, that already got feast at it. And you know what I'm doing? I'm making sure that I go to those tables and I'm bringing food to it. I'm not just a person that those hosts are looking at and saying, yo, why do you keep taking food to go? Mm. See, when you bringing food to the table, guess what the host going to do? The host might put out a chair for you, baby. Mm -hmm. You welcome. Come sit down. Hey, yo, that's all I want to tell you. All you people that say you know somebody, I hope you know you need to stop. Don't think, though. Uh, hey, I've been around enough of them. Don't think that they don't see you taking food all day. And don't act like those people ain't got other people that look, whatever people told me at 17, they got 17 year old children now. So I don't expect those grown men to be thinking about how to take care of me from what they told me when I was 17. They got children at 17 now. So all I'm saying to you is this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, because if you know people, that's the blessing that God has put in your life. He didn't make no mistakes for no connections that you got, but it's up to you to make sure that they turn out good. Absolutely. Now this this is we got we got I love this question too, uh, from Mike's uh, hoops page, um, because we're talking about another Whew. legend. Uh, <laughs> when Whew. I say Greg Marius, it's a great question right here too. Yeah. Yes. Great. What, what comes to your mind? Come on, talk talk to him. We got we got to I, I got to find the applause button on this bag on board because you got to applaud that man. Because we talk about Greg and what he was able to accomplish, nothing but respect, man. Rest in peace. Hey, when I when I whenever I see Greg Marius thing, I I want to make sure that all platforms that keep putting up all of these EBC footage that they put hashtag Rest in Peace Greg Marius. Mm -hmm. You gotta understand that that platform that platform is the reason why I'm on this platform. That's what he did for me. I was a kid from Harlem that lived right down the street from him. And if I didn't get an opportunity to play on that platform, how big would I be? How much would I be remembered? How much would you be talking about Vince Carter versus me playing at Fordham or going to the University of Miami? Like, that's not what people remember me for. They remember me from Rucker. And that's how big that platform was all over the world. That's mm -hmm. what Greg means to me. So I'm never going to stop speaking about EBC. That's the reason why I did a podcast called Streets First, where legends never die. Do you understand that this generation is not going to remember the guys before me? There's no footage of Master Rob. Yeah. You're not going to remember who Master Rob is when you're learning about Marquise Noel. So the point I'm trying to make to you is I take pride in what Greg did to where I'm just trying to be a part of that, to make sure that there's a platform. That's what he taught me, yeah. to make sure that there's a platform where people are never forgotten. 
if there's anything that I could leave the world that Greg has that that gave to me is to make sure that you build a platform where people are never forgotten. That's what Greg did for me. Yeah, I mean, just, you just mentioned your podcast too, Street First. I know season three is about to come out. Can you can you give us a little bit of hint what we can expect from season three? Uh, how do you call it? Uh, I want to call it MTV Cribs 2.0. <laughs> I got access that, you know, I'm grateful for that other people don't because of the people that I know. I know, I didn't realize why God had me at playing in Rucker connected to all of these rappers and NBA players the way that I do. But the beautiful thing is that I'm at a table where I could see Fat Joe children eat. I could see Cameron's son eat. A mm -hmm. lot of people that's not privy to that. A lot of people are not privy to going to Joaquin Noah's house. You get what I'm trying to be invited to his wedding. So the point I'm trying to make is, it's, to me, is not about talking to people. To me, it's about talking to people, being able to show people this is what you can get yeah. when you learn how to get over the hump. See, that's part of my questioning and being a person with my podcast. I don't want to just interview people. I talk to people to make sure that the listener understand they come from the same walks of life as us. So I make sure that I question them and how to give answers on how did they get over the hump? Because where I come from, that's what's going to help us. We struggle with how to get over the hump. You yeah. get what I'm saying? But once Absolutely. again, we know a lot of people that made it. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything that I'm going to do on season three, I'm going to make sure that you see some dope spaces and dope places you get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, my whole objective is always going to be make sure that I'm talking to some people that you know came from the same walks of life as you. And this is how they got over the hump. That's all I want to leave the world with, because when God get ready to accept you into heaven, he's going to look at your fingerprints. Who did you help? And I ain't helping with nobody, but niggas just know who he butter was. Yeah. I can help you with things like that. You get what I'm saying? Where I'm putting people in position where... I'm not talking to you like how ESPN is talking to you. And like I said, my conversation is totally different because, look, we've been on here for 58 minutes and you wouldn't have thought we was talking for 58 minutes. But this is how the conversation go when you just vibing. And that's what I'm saying. That that's, that's the vibe that I got with those people that I've built relationships with. We vibe so much. Do you know how much more that they talk when they're in their circumference of their home or spaces that – you get what I'm saying? They finally got a chance to build. Like, my nigga Joe King, New York Knicks, that $100 million deal, bro. You got to see what type of house this kid got. This shit look like, <laughs> hey, yo, bro, I never, this nigga got pink leaves and trees, and he got all kind of shit. Like, I never seen it. He, he Yo, he's from Africa. He got that shit in his backyard. He fucked me up. I'm like, yo, bro, you imported all of this? Yo, the Knicks contract blessed you because this is crazy. He got the whole Africa Yo, I thought I was in coming to America in this backyard. Oh. But it, I'm just saying, from playing on a Rucker team with somebody, knowing that his dad was a famous tennis player, to see what he's mm -hmm. doing today. Yeah. That's a blessing to me, bro. That, like, you don't get it. Like, I was the man. Do you understand that? Like, I take pride in seeing my friends that made it, mm -hmm. that, 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 that is doing things with their life. Like, I'm... I'm proud of that. You get what I'm trying? Why? They can't take whether I was better than them or not, nigga. They can't take that away. That ain't what we doing. 
We yeah. not we don't care about that. What I'm proud of is what they're doing with their success. And all I want to do is just bring more to that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Let me let me let me throw up Janetta. Shout out to to, to Janetta <laughs> in the comments. She holding us okay. down. Uh, she said, "Trip, trip in, uh, Eric. I will pray for y'all because some of these fans are gonna be pissed if their questions don't get asked." <laughs> Great turnout for Abe Butter. That's right, man. I told y'all. Listen, Abe Butter's in the building. <laughs> it was an amazing turnout tonight, guys. We we got a couple more questions. Um, like what I said, you we got? may not get to we may not get to all of them, but let's get to a couple. Nah, I'm gonna ask them. I'm gonna answer them quick. I ain't gonna drag. I got you, hey buddy. You all have right. met and been around them all, but is there a few hoopers you can say you was maybe all in awe of or was nervous around? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I was I was kind of I was kind of always in awe with. If there's any one play, I'm gonna always give respect to. I'm gonna always give respect to Jamal Tinsley. Mm. People don't understand why I always like am so highly and speaking of Jamal Tinsley. Jamal Tinsley to me was called the abuser. <laughs> I just hope y'all understand that. Like I'm a fan of that. So to me, on offense and defense, he he made me feel like that was the epitome of what you gotta be to be called a dog in basketball. So it was someone that made me feel like the being of, I would say Jamal Tinsley and streetball. I'm always going to say to me, the person that I idolized and felt like I wanted to be able to like utilize their, the way that they did it, I would say Skip. He's always going to be my number one coming from streetball, Skip to oh, Malu. Okay, because you talk about Ray Falson. I just want to be clear. I, I was about to say Ray that. Okay. That's a perfect. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Ron Ron because Ron Ron asked that question as well. He said, what does Ray Falson mean in New York? Man, when I say mean in New like he is, to me, the epitome of streetball. Like, Mm-hmm. We we all know that kind of like, and we being honest here, and this is why I'm so real and the people love me. Like, we wasn't, it's not that we wasn't smart. We not educated. But once basketball gets into, we, 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 we wasn't focused so much on that. So because you love basketball so much, you didn't go so hard at school. So the people that didn't really get a chance to go and do what they could, not that they couldn't, but they just didn't take advantage of it. And I'm just saying to see what Skip accomplished because of going through those hurdles, mm-hmm. I felt like I could do it because, look, he's showing me that it's capable as possible. Absolutely. And, and, and like I said, you know, like I said, you know, me not realizing the whole, like I said, having a father figure in your life and having people behind you. Like, this is why I'm so big on having a father figure and being a dad, because you can make choices for yourself, you know, not saying that you regret, but you, you, you should have made, you could have done differently. And if there's one thing that I would say that I don't regret, but I could have done differently, I wouldn't have entered the draft right after one year. Because I really didn't understand none of that. My whole thing was just looking at my talent and thinking that, hey, if I go to Portsmouth, if I get a chance to go to the camp, and me not realizing not having an agent and then losing my eligibility because I didn't reinstate myself back into college. Like, who's educated on this kind of shit? Like, you're you're not being taught none of this as a freshman. You get what I'm trying to say? So... It, that's why I said, like, I, I I I respect what Skip has done because to watch the people 
Ron Clario, et cetera, whatever people that he really had around him to help him keep navigating, mm -hmm. to be able to see that type of success. That's a great story for New Yorkers, bro. That's a great story for the underdog. That's a great story for the guys that's coming from the street that feel like you could too. Yeah, and let me let me say this, uh, Ron DeClario, big shout out to Ron DeClario, uh, the winningest uh, coach and in, in high school basketball coach. Cardoza, um, shout out to Royale Ivy, uh, Brian Woodward, a lot of those guys that went to that school. You get what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. uh, uh, Cardoza, they 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 <laughs> he did his thing yeah. with those guys. I respect him. Yep, and make sure if y'all haven't already, so I gotta go to the archives again. If y'all haven't okay. already. Go check the Real Fans Real Talk interview with Ron DeClario. It's, it's there. We've we been mm. working for a long time, so go check that one out. They got heavy hitters. Come on, they got heavy hitters. Let me get Pooh up here. Shout out to Pooh because I know she's been waiting, man. What's up, Pooh? Uh, who has the sickest slash craziest handle of all time? Or I'll be right back. Hey, yo, look, look, look. All these niggas is dribbling, but if there's one thing I'm going to tell y'all, y'all should have looked at handle. I'll be right back. It's a reason why they called him that. I'll be right back. If it's somebody I'm going to praise. Hey, yo, look. I ain't going to lie. Bone Collector threw me off because in New York, we never saw that. He know he came from L.A. So he was kind of like off guard with his shit. But I'll be right back was doing that shit. That, I'll leave it at that. If there's one person I'm going to give him his props, I'll be right back. Has the sickest, one of the sickest handles I've ever seen. Hey, Trip, put, put Amani's question up there. Uh, Amani, Amani, where you at, Amani? Let me uh, scroll down. So many questions. I know it's crazy. Down. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we on the Shout out to Imani, man. Mmm. Mm. You called out the executioner for 5,000. Did that ever go down? No. He was just a guy. We played in Tri-State. But like I said, these guys, when I came back, I came back off of an ankle injury. Mm. My team still won, so we really didn't really, like, get a game off like that. I don't – I don't know how these guys, and I'm like I said in my interviews, I'm just an honest person. I don't know how these guys took when they played against me, but that's what always made me know who I was because I never heard of them. Like, and even if they was nice where they from, their noise wasn't big enough like mine for me to know who they were. Gotcha. You see what I'm trying to say? And when it comes to homicide, Homicide, like I said, at that time, that was one of my, like, first beefs. I never felt like I needed to play a guy that, to me, wanted to get his props off of what I was doing. Like, you, yeah. you come from the same spaces that I come from. It, it shocked me when I went to Kingdom and they showed me that it was all of those cameras at Rucker. So that let me know that he kind of like planned something out to where yeah. no disrespect to homicide. As you can see, look, they got the cameras out today. You see where they at? They needed like that's what they were about. They were me. I didn't I was just being me. Look at me. I'm, I, I didn't realize that I was going to always be handsome and always be fly and always be <laughs> like this. You get what I'm trying to say? That was just part of my nature from being from Harlem. So I was marketable before social media came out. 
as you can see, these niggas are still working, trying to work social media. This shit natural for me. I'm trying to explain that to you. Like, I didn't go and do a podcast to get everybody to follow me and to like me. That's what these niggas is doing. But I can see that when you ask me those questions that I didn't, I didn't entertain none of that back then because, like I said, that was my gift from being around rappers and people like that. Like, we don't entertain people that's trying to get energy off of us when we putting in the work to get the energy for us. So it's like, why would... His main thing was always he had a list. Yo, my nigga, I don't need you to know my list in order for me to you to know who I am. So obviously, I got to kill you niggas in order for y'all to put me up there. My thing was, if I ever ran into you, don't worry. Y'all gonna know who I am just as well as you know now. But when you gotta sit down and you gotta write a list and you gotta go at those people, that means that you're looking for attention. So now yeah. that I'm older, like I said, no disrespect to those guys, but they always was looking for attention and they even grew into that. They they became what do you call itself the Stephen A. Smith in uh, Australia, I guess. But the point I'm saying is it ain't in America. I'm still a butter in America, nigga. And guess what? If I went with this swag in Australia, I'll be hotter than him over there too. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me let me let me let me throw this one up because you 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 had a war a uh, couple of games with uh, with, with Jesse Sat. They want to. They want to know about, about the showdown with Jesse Sapp. 33. I ain't no excuses. 33. Jesse Sapp didn't want to play me when I was 21. He was not even in my, 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 my category when I was 25. So I really don't have no excuses for losing to Jesse Sapp at the age of 33. I don't know what age Jesse Sapp is, but ask Jesse Sapp. I was born in 1981. Ask Jesse Sapp when he was born. <laughs> I, I played Jesse Sapp at 33. But I was whole lot of game at 17. Where was Jesse Sapp when I was 17? Yeah. So I like I said, I'm gonna always give props to Jesse Sapp because when I was I did that for the streets. You get what I'm saying? Just like even now, like Tiny Bum that's doing Tri-State, Michelle that's doing her tournament, you know, Rucker, I'm getting ready to go around and do a Kobe tour. That's what being a legend is about. These people is asking me at the age of 41 to come and play in a tournament. When is A-Butter going to come out? I don't know why you still want to see A-Butter play at 41, turning 42. (laughs) If y'all niggas is on the internet writing all that shit about LeBron at 39, why the fuck do y'all want to see me play at 42? But I get it. That's the love that the street got for me. Mm-hmm. So it don't matter if I just put the uniform on, go on the court, do a move, shoot a jump shot, whatever, get out the game. The people is happy with that. You got to learn that and understand that when it comes with the love. And I'm grateful for that. You you get what I'm saying? But that's why I'm saying, like, I never really could talk about Jesse Sapp because it's like I lost to Jesse Sapp at 33, and I know that I did that for the streets. Jesse Sapp had a fucking trainer, y'all. This yeah. nigga is FaceTiming me showing me with the hard work 360 dude in the gym and I'm rolling weed up like, I don't give a fuck about you in the gym, nigga. Look what I'm doing. You get what I'm saying? This shit getting ready to be legal in New York, nigga. I don't give a fuck about that shit. So I can't knock that I lost a one-on-one knowing that when I was younger, I wouldn't lose because I was always in the gym. I was always working out. I was doing what he was doing. So I would never knock what he did to get what he got. You get what I'm saying? Salute Absolutely. to Jesse Sapp. Harlem. We got another one for you. Shout out to Deontay Pfeiffer. 
uh, John Big Strick Strickland, any memories being around this, him? This is one of the best questions that y'all could ask me, and I just want the world to know this. Now that I'm a little older, I wish I would have took more time to really take the time out to understand and, 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 and really listen to Strick when he was talking to me. I was fortunate to be around Strick with A-Mass when he was coaching us. I had so many different walls. Strick was the person that hurried up and called homicide to get that ass whipping up indictment. And like, I guess he thought, uh, yo, A been running from you all summer. I got his ass up here now. And Strick was the one that made him come up there and play. So the world finally got a chance to see me play against uh, homicide at that time up there, indictment after our argument. But back to Strick, who he was, his knowledge in teaching me how to be a showman. I didn't get that. And now that I'm older and I'm like, you know how certain things come back to you when people was talking to you? And I remember being up there on mm -hmm. Amsterdam, St. Nick or Broadway in front of those towers uptown in front of his building, hanging with him, talking with him. But I'll say this to y'all because now that I'm older, bro, I cherish a lot that I had with Rest in Peace, Escalade, that's Mark Jackson, brother. Like, I didn't get what I was around when these guys was in my life and what they meant to me and what they was talking to me about and trying to do for me and all that. But now that I see that I'm older and what type of people they was, that's all I want to do for the next generation because they were some real people, bro. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about being famous. It was about helping people, bro. And you really wouldn't understand it if you wasn't listening. And I'm not going to lie, I'm older now. I was a little bit big-headed to where I really didn't listen to Strick knowing that he was an OG. Mm. But now that I'm older, here and there, there's certain things that come to me that he was saying to me that I just wish that these guys was here now today. But you know what I mean? I try to keep their name alive as much as I can, and I'll never stop speaking their name as long as I'm alive. Like, you will never... Rest in peace, TP. Rest in peace to, you know, Greg Marius. Like, all of these guys, I'm never going to stop screaming their name until I die. It takes us to keep people's name alive. If you know God's name, if you know Malcolm X's name, it took the people to keep those names alive. I'm never going to stop screaming those people's name, bro. Absolutely. Let me get, let me, I'm going to throw one more up here. They, because they want to do some current NBA stuff and they want to get your take on. Shout out to Hoop Baller Scoop. Uh, before you go, what's your thoughts on John Morant's two mistakes with the guns? Is the suspension good with you? And then uh, the Zion Williamson stuff <laughs> with the girl being pregnant and then the chick that's going crazy over him getting his name tattooed. So right there, that right there, my thing with the John Morant thing, fathers matter. And this is the reason, if you see my latest post, you know, there's a kid, his name is Ralph. He's from New York. He got his father, Marquise Noel. He got his father, this is what happens when you're being cool with your kid. And I understand the society what makes you feel like you should. But that's what could happen. And, you know, I hear a lot of people saying that they could they, they want to go and talk to Ja. If Ja ain't listen to his daddy, what makes you think he's gonna listen to you? What makes you what makes you, a lot of you guys and men think they Ja Moran gonna listen to you? It don't matter if you dealt with guns or not. What makes you think he going to listen to you and he don't even listen to his own daddy? 
So the point I'm trying to make is I, I will respect somebody like Tony Allen or Zach Randolph that talk to him that been in gangs, that's mm-hmm. from Memphis, that been around that shit with money. You know the niggas that ain't never had no money, you can't talk to a nigga with money. The one thing I learned being around people with money, you can't tell a rich person what to do when there's so many broke people for sale. They will get rid of you and replace you. They'll put a bunch of other people around you without hearing that shit you kicking, you heard? So the point I'm trying to make to you is when it comes to John Moran, the two mistakes that he made with the gun, that's what this generation is on. They're going to make their mistakes just like you did. Maybe you can't understand it because you're not in society today to understand why they feel like that's what they should do to get attention with playing with guns. Okay? But at the end of the day, you're going to be judged whether you play with girls, you play with guns or not. That's why you're asking me about Zion, right? So the point that I'm trying to make to you is understand the young generation. Understand the young generation to where they're not doing nothing no different from you. Just because it's a little bit more exposed than you, don't act like it's no different, bro. A lot of y'all was doing shit that you could hide. Come on, let's be real. You think a lot of that shit that was in the dark is never going to come to the light. But I'm quite sure you see it makes its way, you heard? So the point I'm trying to make to you is don't judge these young black brothers. That's what we need to start doing. We need to stop judging black brothers. We need to stop with this comparison with Michael Jordan and LeBron. I can get off the subject, but the point I'm trying to make to you is recognize black greatness in America. We sitting up here and we're dividing exactly what they're teaching us to do, to compare and then divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. Why are we comparing greatness in a world that ain't never looked at us like this. And now that we making it, look who can't wait to judge each other and keep taking us down more and more. But I'm not here to tell nobody else what to do other than as you hear me speak and continue to lead by example. Love, bro. <laughs> we gotta love more, y'all. We gotta love more. Nah, that's a fact. Trip and I, we, we talked about this months ago, man. I'm We're no longer comparing who's the greatest basketball player ever because I feel like too many times when we do that, it's almost like you got to knock down the other guy to make your case for one. And we shouldn't even be doing that. They both legends in their own right. Why, why are we sitting here trying to knock whose game isn't better than the other you want, And I'm going to give it to you. I told you love versus power. Guess what? I'd rather knock the mm-hmm. other person down and let you know that my opinion is better than yours. Nigga, that's called power. Yeah. You know why y'all can't sit up here and talk about loving somebody? Because you rather have power. <laughs> hey, don't, don't mind me. Until you're ready to look in the mirror and understand that about yourself, you know what you're going to wind up doing? You're going to learn to love beyond the limits of your prejudices. That's what we got to start doing. We got to start loving people beyond the limits of our prejudices. We judge people too much. Yeah. That's all we do is judge, 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 judge. And guess what? Look at social media. Look what it unturned into. Look at the people getting hired. Everybody going to get hired for opinion, for judging. No, 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 no. I hope you heard what type of leader I'm trying to be. Hey, learn how to get over the hump, nigga. We ain't judging you. Hey, we just trying to give you some information. No, 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 no. Don't worry. You might. I get it. This world has made you feel like. Mm-hmm. A celebrity today is called the influencer. So you guys care about followers, subscribers. You care about that. You don't really care about your message. 
That's why you can't tell me when Streets first season three come out. That's why you can't tell me about nothing. Why? Because I don't care about none of that. My message still going to get out. I'm still going to talk to the people when I'm ready. I'm still going to put the message out when I'm ready. Guess what? I'm not in no rush because you got other people making you feel like that that's what it's about. And that's not what it's about, bro. When you die, that's not what it's about. I'm telling you, it's about love, bro. We not loving one another, my nigga. We feeling like the power. And that's just based on society because we come from poverty. I hope you know, like they said, if you don't know your history, that's part of my hashtag. Know your history. Yeah. It was designed this way. So I'm not saying nothing. Do your homework to understand. You understand why you competing. I'm not knocking nobody else that's competing. But what I'm trying to explain to you is make sure that you're competing is helping people and watch how further you get. Absolutely. We got we got a couple more questions. Uh Kevin Ford, shout out to Kevin Ford. Will yes. Keith Snowell be on an NBA roster when the season He has starts? a two-way deal. Now, once again, I don't know about other people, but I'm gonna keep it real and I hope people understand this. Two-way deal does not mean guaranteed. It just means that you have a deal for two years. <laughs> So you can't knock a nigga that didn't get drafted but still got a two-way deal. I noticed that people are acting like people shouldn't be proud of a nigga getting a two-way deal because they get getting drafted. Like, so what how people want to look at how they made it or how they're in the NBA? See what I'm saying about judging, bro? Look at where we're going wrong. This kid got a fucking two-year deal. Do you understand how hard it is to be one of the 300 and something in that league? What difference does it make? But look at how low we got to lower the bar. And that's what I'm trying to say. That's why I don't compare. Because I notice when I'm talking to people that's comparing, all of a sudden comparing goes to the bar. The bar is your brain. And I'm noticing the guys that I'm talking to, these some Sunday wreck-ass niggas. I notice a lot of you Sunday wreck niggas got a lot of answers when it comes to basketball. You niggas ain't never relationship niggas up and get a scholarship or drafted or not. But y'all got all these answers as if y'all know what's up with basketball just because you watched it or because you know of it. So I, that's why I really don't I don't get into too much talking about the NBA and players and stuff like that because to me that's no disrespect, y'all. That's gossip. I ain't with the gossip, man. Let me, let me, well, let me make sure this butter because they, they they're asking about uh, Lonnie Harrell. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We get into that question right now, but I want to, I want to piggyback what you said, cause it's a great mm -hmm. point. The two way contract people overlook it and, and try to knock it down. A lot of dudes have politic that and, and position that to bigger deals. Alex Caruso, Gabe Vincent, Austin Reeves, them all two way contract guys who turned mm -hmm. that now into longevity in the league. So don't ever knock somebody for getting a two way. But what you think they do it for, real quick, just to piggyback off of your, what you're saying, to like keep that to keep that narrative going of judging. Right. And that's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. We always yeah. got to, instead of loving a nigga for an opportunity or for a level of success, look at what we do. And, I, and once again, I can't say I knock people for that walk. Society made you do that. We live in such a hate-filled society I can see why everybody don't want to love no more, nigga. <laughs> we live in a hate-filled society. All you do is pick up your... Hey, let me ask you a question. Hey, where y'all go every day to hear somebody tell you they love you? 
I just called my mama. So my mama told me. Exactly. Look. I got to go far. I got I got two daughters. I ain't got to go far. Hey, yo, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. We're going to go back to the questions. Watch this. After y'all two get away from those people, where you getting from? <laughs> my family. Oh, I got, shit. I got to oh, family. I'm going to keep it a buck. Hey, yo, does, hey, yo, but I'm asking you, does it start to get a little bit harder? Like, do you get what I'm trying to say? The point yeah, I'm trying absolutely, to make is absolutely, absolutely. That, 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 that real love is not as genuine as we thought. Yeah. You see how you had to make sure that you, as moms, as family. Now, watch this. When you're not around your moms and family, I'm quite sure you got to go outside to be around society and the world. Uh-huh. I'm asking you, bro, how much love do you get? I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because, I mean, you got to know what's genuine and, and, and who's... You hey, know. you heard what you said? Hey, yo, Trip, I hope you know you give love, but I asked you a question. How much love do you, you get? get? I'm, I'm going to be honest, though, see? Like, to me, Trip noticed too, like, and 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 I, I don't want to come across as arrogant. I don't really give a fuck about who don't love me outside of my household. That wasn't the question. You heard I what know, you said? I, I know. No. I'm just saying, me personally, I I really don't put too much stock in any and, of that because it don't matter to me. I don't care do about you, love from nobody. I'm asking else. you, watch this, and this is the only reason why I ask you that. Do you know why you have gotten in that space? <laughs> it's called protection. I get it. Right. You, I'm on, I'm with you. You know why yeah. you told yourself that? You protecting yourself from the bullshit, and that's, that's the point fact. that I'm trying to make, bro. We should be able to have more love around us other than just our family. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Why well, you're not? Absolutely right, absolutely right. And you know why we don't look at it's so much judging in the world. What they told you the, the, the log versus the speck that's what they said when you're judging, right? Is a log in your eye when you're judging other people, the speck is someone else's. Don't worry, we ain't gonna get on that. Go ahead, come on, ask me some more questions. Bro. We're gonna wrap on the, on the Lonnie Harrell. Put, put the Lonnie Harrell question up. I Ooh. don't see the actual comment, but they want you to speak on, on his comments on hot sauce. I don't really know what he said about hot sauce, but I tell you one thing: if it's one guy that I know that Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, gave respect to and said was a real deal, and I heard this out his own mouth, was Lonnie Harrell. Mm. So I'm never going to sit here and ever. Hey, if it's one guy I can tell you with my own eyes that I told you that I was looking, I I was not caring about. I didn't being honest with you. I didn't know Vince Carter was coming to that game. I was prepared for prime objective. That was the nigga that I heard about. That was the nigga that I was seeing every time for Murder, Inc. and Black Hand going crazy. So I really didn't know until, you know, that day when we got to the gym and you hearing him say Black Hand is bringing Vince. But it was always about Lonnie Harrell. And that nigga from D.C. out my mouth (laughs) is nuts. Nice. No exaggeration. You got guys, and remember what I'm telling you. You got guys that's good, and you got guys that's nice. Everybody ain't nice, y'all. I hope you know that there's a lot of guys that play basketball that's good. But everybody ain't nice, and I and, and we, we, we too leisure with this nice. When I say nice, I'm talking about you have to be a constant 40-point type nigga. There's a lot of niggas that score 20 and 30, bro. I hope y'all know how hard it is to score 40. Yeah. Tough. Tough. <laughs> now, this yeah, is this, this, this the comment. I don't know if you see it. This is what Lonnie Harrell has said about hot sauce. 
right here. He said there's only five players in the world big that's bigger than Hot Sauce and that he should be in the Hall of Fame. That's a little crazy. Damn, man. And look, y'all see that shit? My bad. The phone dropped that's on that one. I want you to know, look at that shit. That shit made my phone drop. I ain't even have to answer that. Look, that shit made my phone drop. Look, we've been talking about how long. That shit made my phone drop. Hey, hey, some people, hey, hey, and this is the one thing that I want to say, I guess. Some people, I guess, say things. And the one thing I'm learning from watching Lonnie Harrell on social media I think Lonnie Harrell is trying to pick up the tricks and trades of what Kendrick Perkins, Jason okay. Williams, a lot of these guys are doing with this, saying, <laughs> saying things like skipping them said just to get reaction. You feel what I'm saying? Because that's that that and 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 y'all can be real. Y'all y'all know this is it, it's just fans of people that has seen shit. This yeah. is shit that you feel is gonna get comments and action on your page. Where to me, that's what helps him. And that's why I said these guys is falling into this world that they're criticizing where they think, you know, what do they call it? Uh, uh, it's it's called something on Instagram and uh, interactions or something. Uh, as much as people go to your page, and yeah, yeah. it's some I forgot what the word is called, but there's a whole bunch of shit that people are doing to make sure that their page is getting seen a lot or whatever the case. You gotta be in the and and that's what people are doing. They're doing things that yo, bro. I went from 6,000 fans to 17,000 fans because I posted up a picture with me and my daughter doing a handshake for her Sweet 16. I want you to know it didn't have nothing to do with me posting Rucker Park tapes that no one seen, that the internet didn't see. Instagram algorithm didn't give a fuck about that, bro. Y'all niggas is bugging thinking y'all gonna sit here and be doing things to get these likes and followers. Insta, you better figure out what Instagram is going to want to show the world to promote, to make their page, their app popping, bro. Yeah. I did 80 interviews on Streets First for two years. It's only five on YouTube. It's no disrespect to YouTube, but I understand Content King. Yeah. I do a podcast. Do you know who's going to pay me for the other 80 videos? Hello, I only put eight videos on YouTube of my podcast. I did 88. Do you know who's going to pay for those now that we're in a content world? Well, somebody going to want that content. But the point that I'm just trying to make to you that now that now that y'all see what y'all doing, mm -hmm. you see how you can say Teresa Weatherspoon? You see how you can say these people that you have? Mm -hmm. Y'all make sure y'all keep getting people that, that matter. Not for Absolutely. the likes, not for the other shit. But look, when they get in these questions, they can name drop. Hey, yo, look, look. The one thing I learned about the streets, <laughs> yo, you know what I noticed? Niggas like to tell me, yo, hey, I was nice, and I did this, and I did that. And then I walk around that nigga block, and ain't nobody talking about this nigga. You know what he do every day? That nigga go outside and make those niggas remember what he did in order for him to be nice. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, yo, bro, I can walk five blocks and a nigga remember what I did in 99. Yeah. That's yeah. legendary. Yeah. I, you, I don't got to walk around. You don't got to go around and tell everybody what you did to be remembered. You get what yeah. I'm trying to say? So when I look at a, a question like this, y'all, to go back to the question about Hot Sauce, I believe that he's saying that because he feels Hot Sauce had an impression on mm -hmm. street ball at that time. He put such a he 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 made the culture 
a certain way with street ball with the way that they presented him. Yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? But at the end of the day, what's the difference between high source and the professor? You know what the is. No, 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 no. You know what the difference is. And I know what Bud again. Watch this. And guess what? Who's still going, nigga? <laughs> you know what he did, Nat, and, and he right. <laughs> so the point I'm trying to make to you, don't tell me about hot sauce and bone collector still going. Yeah. I ain't got to believe what Halani Harrell saying because I'm looking at what niggas doing. From mm-hmm. my era, bone collector still going. Professor still going. Yeah, I can say Professor White, but what the fuck does that mean for bone collector then? Yeah. So that answers your question, Ron Ron. I ain't got to listen to what, what that nigga said about hot sauce. Uh, what do you see hot sauce doing today? I'm, I'm holding on. Uh, hey, hey let, me, let me put this comment up for you because shout out to, to Lashina. I'm going to let you read it, though, because that's that's for you to read. That's for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't possible. <laughs> hey, yo, 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 yo. Hey, let me tell you something. I appreciate, I appreciate all of those. You know why? Because... My daddy left me when I was 15. And I want my daddy to know that I'm still getting love at 41 turning 42. Shout out to my daddy. That's all. Shout out to my daddy, man. Hold on. Hey, I got to ask, though, because we know you got the relationship with Cam. <laughs> when we going to see you up over there with uh, It Is What It Is with him and Mace? What's going on? I know, I know something got to be in the works. I know something got to be in the works. Hey, yo, you know the beautiful thing about me, and this is why, I, and I, and I, and y'all, y'all will get it in the long run. It's all about love for me, bro. I'm not, I don't do this shit for why they do it. So I don't look to be on none of those shows because I'm still writing history. Mm. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, I, my story ain't stopped. Whatever you know about me from basketball, that's what you're gonna talk about. That's why I really don't play ball. I don't want to sour that down for you. I want you to remember what you saw with a whole lot of game and keep it like that. Why? We watching basketball today. You see what happens when older niggas is playing now. All of a sudden, he's saying this nigga ain't shit. Why we can't remember LeBron when he was killing? And yeah. if he would have stopped playing, like, you get mad at Jordan. That's why Jordan stopped, nigga. Well, that's why certain <laughs> niggas ain't go for 20 years. You get what I'm trying to say? So, me, I'm just looking at life and history and just saying to myself, like, let people have what they have for me from basketball. Now it's time to give them life after basketball. And guess what? I want to show people that I'm just as good on the court, off the court. And the beautiful thing about it is I'm not doing it through nobody else. I love Cameron. I love Fat Joe. But I ain't trying to sell pink horsepower, nigga. I ain't running behind Cameron today, nigga. You get what I'm still a butter, bro. I'm still doing what I do, just like he knew that when I was 17 years old. Just like Fat Joe knew that when I was 17 years old. I ain't running behind another nigga wave. I'm setting my own wave, nigga. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, I'm not a, I don't respect niggas that sit there and run behind other grown men waves. And who are you? So when you ask me about them niggas, I'm going to always say, bro, I know who I am. I don't give a fuck about what these niggas doing. I'm not trying to go on their platform and do none of that shit. Why? Because at the end of the day, that shit is for them. You get what I'm trying to say? I respect them niggas, but that's why I know the people like me because they know they're going to get this real shit. Like, yo, hey, why wouldn't you want to be on that? That right there is just, you know, publicity. And yo, listen, that is them talking they shit from their perspective on how they know that the people want to hear it. 
You get what I'm trying to say? And guess what? Those two has built up enough audience with who they are to be able to do that. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? That don't fit for me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That'll fit for a Lenny Cook. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Why? Because you can't play none of this shit that I did. But I ain't play no games, bro. I ain't play no games. I was a winner. I was a champion. Everything that I did was being around rappers and NBA niggas. And all I've been doing is winning my whole life. So yeah. you really can't take me on there and really kind of like ask me no trick questions or none of that because... I'm not going to bring the audience or the likes that you want. You get what I'm trying to say? So I really don't be looking for that. You know what I'm proud of? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Hey, let's go. I was on TNT when I was 17, nigga. I'm on motherfucking Showtime now, nigga. NYC Point Guards. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You feel talk, what I'm saying? That that's talk. the type of shit I want to... That's, that's growth. They yes. had me on NBA TV when I was 17. I'm on Showtime today. I'm about to go to Schaumburg. Do you understand? I grew up in Harlem, bro. Do you know what the Schaumburg that, is to me? I listen, I, I, went, I went to A. Philip Randolph. I know what the Thank you, bro. You know what I'm okay. This is history right here. Yeah. This is like me going to speak my autobiography in, in, in Apollo. Imagine yes. me being yeah. able to do that one day. Don't worry. You heard me say it right here on your show. Speaking <laughs> it into existence. Exactly. You know me. You know me. We, we we appreciate you most for coming on The Real Fears Real Talk because for us, you know, when we, whenever we get to chop it up with, with legends like yourself, man, it humbles us. We truly appreciate that. So we, we, we say thank you for that. I'm going to give you one last question because Pooh sure. Poo been, been rocking with us since the beginning and she's been trying to get this question now. Shout out to Pooh. This is the last year we're rapping on this one. Yeah, you want to know your top five NBA players of all time before you leave? Hey, I'm glad you asked me that because I grew up watching Michael Jordan. My daddy, I didn't get it when I was younger. I ain't going to say this funny joke because, you know, I grew up. Um, I waited till my parents went to sleep and I was watching that Robin Bird lady. Hey, yo, yo, shh, don't tell nobody, but that's between us. But yo, look, my dad, my dad had me watching The Late Show. So I was watching The Lakers, but... I love Michael Jordan. I saw who Magic was, but I just, I don't know. I wasn't, as you can see, I'm a ball player and I scored a lot. So I never really was a fan of passing. I'm being honest. Michael Jordan is the number one person in my life. Like, man, you niggas is human beings. No one never made you think you could fly, bro. You know you can't fly. So I don't, I don't really be listening to these arguments. Michael Jordan is the number one player in my life to me. Yo, bro. When I saw this Iverson nigga, yo, you got to understand the way this nigga could move and he had, like, the way he was moving, it was like, yo, am I seeing what I'm seeing? Hey, yo, and then I saw this Kobe Bryant nigga that was both of these niggas. <laughs> hey, yo, think about what I'm saying. I watched Jordan and then I saw Iverson, but then I saw this Kobe nigga that was both of these niggas. Rest in peace to the mamba. I never cared about basketball. Rest in peace again after Kobe Bryant died at 30s. When I was 33 and Kobe died, I never cared about basketball again. Mm. That's just how much he had an effect on me as a ball player. You know what I'm saying? So that's my three right there. And I'll just give you that order. Michael, Iverson, Kobe. 
We ain't even giving you five. He's just giving you two. Now, if you six. ask me, if you asking me to just throw two more on there, <laughs> me. I'm just <laughs> I'm just giving you my my extra two on there. You get what I'm trying to say? So you got both the spots. Dylon, 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 Dylon. The the other two, I'm just letting you know when you throw it up there in the air, bro. Like I I'm I don't want to knock what LeBron has done, but I understand that it's been in 20 years. But guess what? Mm-hmm. It's still an error. Whether it's error through error, however you looked at errors or what people did, I gotta put him there for two. You get mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. And if and, and if I just want to throw a fifth in there, my all time, no disrespect to any other big man. But if I'm ever going to pick a big man that I like because of the four dogs that I just picked before him, I'm going to go with KG. He was a different dog. I like dogs. I like no disrespect to Duncan, no disrespect to Barkley, no disrespect to a lot of niggas. I like the nigga that talk that shit and back it up. I always talk shit and back it up. I love a nigga that talk that shit. Hey, that's all LeBron can get on my list. Because no matter how much shit was talked against him, <laughs> he done back some shit up. So Thanks. he can get on this list off of that. No comparison. <laughs> but anybody else, yo, dog, all these other niggas, they talk shit and they back that shit up. I love yeah. this. There, there you have it. I'm just going to put this last comment from Ron Ron up on the screen because he's just showing love. Um, to us, where's comment? I think I lost the daggone comment. Hold on, where's oh, here we go, right here. Uh, this is probably the best show I've seen since following. Salute to a butter. There we go, love, love. We, we, we all appreciate that one, man. We appreciate listen, everybody Anytime. that was in the, in the chat today dropping them comments in. I think we pretty much got to most. If we didn't put your comment on the screen, it's because a, a- talked about it in one of the other That's- answers. Right, so at some feel, point during the show. My bad, y'all. I ain't mean yeah. to drag so much, but don't worry. I gave nah. a lot of content. I dropped a lot of names. I hope you good. You know we, what I mean? We, we, <laughs> we in triple overtime. <laughs> what, you, what you apologizing for, man? What you hey, yo, yo. Hey, yo, you ready? If you don't talk to the fans like that, they're going to feel like they're not worthy. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm telling you, this is the one thing I'm learning. Yo, yo fans today, hey, nigga, I made sure that I put a comment up there. You better make sure you address me. <laughs> Hey, yo, and that, that's the one thing I'm saying. I, hey, we love that. Y'all know that. Y'all love that. We love that. That's why we embrace it. And that's why I said, like, I don't pick and choose when it comes to stuff like this. As he know, when he reached out to me, right away, yo, Absolutely. sure, Fact. right away, no no extra. Fact. And he might have looked at that and be like, yo, this nigga answering too quick, too bad, too. <laughs> like, nah, he can't be. Nah, dog, right away. It's all love. No problem, man. Nah, nah. And I want to say, too, that was the love you showed us when we met you at Rucker. Again, you ain't know us from a hole in the wall, and you was like, yo, I got y'all. And, you know, Fact. since then, you, you've been, you know, showing us a lot of love, so we greatly appreciate that, man. I'm outside, Josh, for the streets always. Please, please, please let us know when you start your Kobe tour so we can be there and, and hit up a couple stops with you um, and document that because I know that's going to be something special. I'm going to all the tournaments just to throw that out there on your show. I'm going to be in Tri-State. I'm going to be in Queen of Harlem. I'm going to do Rucker. I'm going to do Dykeman. Dykeman opens on my birthday, July 5th, so I'm going to be up there, but I'm not going to play during that week. But basically, I'm going to all the tournaments as they start, and I'm just going to put a uniform in all the tournaments that anybody asks me to play. 
And like I said, I'm just coming out to show love. I'm bringing my friends out. I'm telling my NBA friends that I'm playing so that they could come out. And I want to make sure that I utilize my resources to make sure that New York City see that the love is there. All I, if I can't talk about love if I can't be an embodiment of it. And that's why I'm speaking so much of that, because I know anything that I, maybe I felt like I should have got or, or, or I deserve. My, my, my pastor made me feel like if I put that out there in the atmosphere, it's just going to come to me. So I got to start putting that out there. Instead of me feeling like people should have did this for me, basically mm -hmm. I'm coming with the energy like this is what I'm going to do for people so that I can start seeing things start happening for me. And guess what? Since I've been doing that, look, I don't hesitate right away. Yo, I'm doing your show. I'm doing your show. Why? Because mm -hmm. look what happens. Next thing I told you I'm doing your show, somebody hit me in my email and said, hey, can you be at the Schaumburg and do this for us on June? That's how mm -hmm. it works. That's how my God works. So I'm going to keep moving like that. Facts, facts. You almost made me want to do the Real Fans Real Talk tournament so we can get you to come play at the Real Fans Real Talk one. Whenever. You hear what I'm telling you? Even if even if it's a weekend thing, even if you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm I I'm doing this stuff because eventually I would want to do a streets first or a whole lot of game tournament. But what I don't want to do is what everybody doing is just doing a tournament, try to put the money up and all that. We got to have different type of incentives that could change the neighborhood. Yeah. And that's what I'm about. Like, I want to get with my friends that's rich to utilize them to get the politicians to use their money, their grant money and things to help change our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. They want our votes. My friends made it. We got to learn how to use them. And I'm just saying that that's why I speak about the EYL guys, because they kind of like throw certain things out there that, that there are ways that we could start figuring out how to use money. It's, it's just it's. We're not literate with a lot of things because we've been cheated. And at the end of the day, I don't want to go on with the slave mindset because a young nigga told me I'm from the slave era and I was born in 81. So when I heard a 19-year-old tell me that I'm from the slave era, he just was trying to tell me, like, yo, bro, you know, y'all feel like, you know, people owe you something or people didn't give you something or whatever. They don't think like that. And that's what I'm trying to say. If you're not listening to them, I can see why people think they speeding or they bugging. Nah, you got to hear them, bro. And guess what? They may just help you catch up. <laughs> if you give them a chance, they may just help you catch up. That's all I'm saying. If you listen. And a lot of us don't listen because we feel like, nigga, you should listen to us. I got more years on you. And that's the thing, man. That's not love. That's not love, bro. Someone else can teach you just as well as you could teach them. And that's where the power struggle always come in. And that's where I'm just just trying to be an embodiment of that. That's all. Absolutely. Let me let me say this to, to everybody that's watching and listening right now. Uh, make sure you continue to follow us on all our social media, Instagram and Twitter at Real Fan Talk, Facebook.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk. Um, of course, the YouTube channel, subscribe to that, youtube.com forward slash for the fans productions. And don't worry if you are not in the New York City area and you can't watch us on TV on Verizon 43, Thursday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. All you got to do is go to the website, realfansrealtalk.com, click that red mm. button on the home page, and you can watch from anywhere in the world. Oh, mm. and also, Make sure that you are subscribed to the Real Fans Real Talk podcast as well as the Sanchez Show podcast. We are streaming on all major platforms. Uh, hey, buddy, you want to give us a final thought? Make sure y'all subscribe, man. You hear what I'm telling you? This is worth it. They ask you questions. They even got the right fans to ask you questions. And at the end of the day, sometimes you can't knock that 
when you get on a platform where they ask you the right questions and they have fans ask you the right questions. Sometimes people just have you come on a platform just to be able to say they had you on a platform and they really don't utilize their platform. So I'm forever grateful. I'm going to always shout out the people that I know is utilizing their platform the right way. Salute to y'all. Appreciate you. Eric, you want to give us a final thought? Definitely appreciate you, man. Listen, thank you to all the supporters that showed out tonight. They were great questions tonight. Hey, buddy, we greatly appreciate you for taking the time. We went way into overtime, but you you were amazing thank tonight, you. man. So we greatly thank appreciate you. it. We can't see we can't wait to see you out in the streets, man. And we look, hey man, we'll we be back next week, right, Trip? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, couple 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 of things, man. Big shout out to, to the Rosado firm. Um, they've been sponsoring us for, for a long time now. So I just want to make sure I show them some love. Um, we definitely gonna be out this summer rotating through all of the different street ball tournaments. Um, looking forward to that, to that uh Kobe talk for A Butter. We That's definitely right. gonna be gonna be pulling up to that as well. Um, and I and I want to make sure I get this shout out in. Uh, big shout out to Josiah Brown. He's the number one ranked uh, player in high school football right now. He has oh. just committed to Penn State University. Um, if y'all remember, I told y'all he's the one that had uh, the coach from Georgia fly up in the helicopter just to come uh, recruit him and try to get him to come down to Georgia. But he has mm. officially chose Penn State. So big shout out to Josiah Brown. With that being said, for myself, Trip Young, my brother. Can I give Sanchez, you one more? Boogie, oh, oh, I just want I just wanted to throw one out there for you too. Keep your eyes open for Stepanak Boogie. Okay. Joshua Flan, if I'm not mistaken, his name is his nickname is Boogie. Okay. But boy, oh boy, he goes to Stepanak. He's the number one 2024 in the country. He's mm. from New York. Joshua Flan. Okay. That goes to Stepanak, number one in the country, 2024. Okay. Go look him up. Uh, y'all heard it. Y'all heard, y'all, heard, y'all heard it here first. Look him up. Don't listen. When y'all see that, when y'all see him take off, a butter told y'all right here on Real Fans, Real Talk first to watch out for that young man. Telling you, I know ones that got a whole lot of gay boy. This boy Boogie got a whole lot of y'all. Yo, y'all just look him up. Number one in the country. That's not no mistake. They don't do that. There you go. There, there you go. So, again, with that being said, for myself, Trip Young, my brother, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games, and the legend of legends. A butter, aka a whole lot of game. Hold on, wait. Did they still call? Is it still three five seven two? Because because Mike Larry said they called you three because of three chips, five Tell MVPs. No, nope, I played in it. I made sure I corrected for him. I played okay. in the league for seven years. I went to the chip five and I won three. Think it about is. that. Seven three, five, years seven. from seventeen. So that means at twenty four years old, <laughs> I went to the chip five times and won three on you niggas. <laughs> And the best tournament in the world. Talk that talk. <laughs> love, y'all. Love. Appreciate All day. you, bro. We definitely you already know. And we appreciate everybody. Listen, man, thank y'all so much for, for bearing with us. Thank you again to A Butter for going. Because we right now we're about to be in quadruple overtime. So big shout out <laughs> to A Butter, man. We definitely appreciate you. You we we called and you answered right away. Um and, and, and that's that's love. You know what Thank I'm saying? You. And we, we appreciate that. We respect you. You know what I'm saying? Much love to you for that. We're going to continue to support you, man. Thank you yes, for sir. having me. Y'all love all day long. All, all right. Of- we up out of here. Y'all Peace. ready? Peace.